You're listening to the Pure Fury Creations Entertainment Network. The views and opinions expressed on this episode are those of the speaker and do not necessarily reflect the views, opinions, or philosophies of the PFC Entertainment Network or any of the affiliates that make this show possible. This show has also been rated M for mature audiences only. I'm Jason Klaus, and over the course of my life, I have done a lot of different things worn a lot of different hats. But this may be my greatest endeavor yet. Welcome to my show, where on here we will discuss anything and everything that happens in the world around us and how we can go about making things better for you, for me, and everybody that we share this world with. I may go on rants, I will go on sidebars, but it all comes from the heart. Welcome to the Close to the Heart podcast, the flagship show of the PFC Entertainment Network. Everybody, welcome to the flagship show of the PFC Entertainment Network. You're listening to the Klaus to the Heart podcast. I'm Jason Klaus. I certainly appreciate you tuning in this week. Now, um, right out of the gate, I'm going to tell you, we're going to be kind of all over the board this week. I have a number of different things that I want to talk about. So it's going to be kind of a uh, multi-segment, multi-topic episode. And I wasn't really sure which aspect I was going to tackle first and how I was going to let the show in. So I figured after sitting here thinking about it, I would start off with the opening segment here with, um, you know, more of a uplifting, more of a motivational type of feel to it. And then... We'll tackle other things later on in the program. Because there is a contingent of people that do tune into the show because they want to be inspired. They want to be motivated. They may be going through something that is less than ideal. And and they need something to change their mood or change their perspective or at least, if nothing else, to take some of that heaviness off their minds, off their hearts. I look for things every single day that will solicit that kind of response, especially when it comes to trying to find topics and points of conversation to come into the show here. Because make absolute no mistake about it, it would be so easy to just dive into every negative aspect that we are met every single day because there is an abundance of it. It's put on full display. You don't have to look any further than social media. 
you don't have to look any further than what is being broadcast on television. There's enough things in this world that will put us and keep us in a less than ideal frame of mind. Now, I will say this in terms of social media, that I am starting to see where there is a concentrated effort on more positive posts and memes and things of this nature. I find myself as I, you know, in the times that I do scroll through, well, we'll use Facebook as an example because, you know, and I, I realize for the younger demographic, like a lot of that focus, a lot of that shift has moved over to Instagram and TikTok and all that stuff. But Facebook is still a very much, uh, like it's my go-to, especially in terms of advertising the shows or putting my personal things out there. Like that's my preferred realm of communication in a social media frame of mind. And I am starting to see where there's more positivity being shared and written about and things of this nature. And I absolutely love that. And I talked about this on one of the other shows last week. People are getting fed up. People are getting fed up with being pounded by this barrage of negativity, drama, chaos, turmoil. People are getting fed up with it. And I don't know if if it's just because I'm looking for it or if it's just this is just the trend, the way the trend is shifting. Now, there's still going to be that very vocal contingent of the population that thrive on drama. They will put things out there and it's written in such a way where it's strictly for clickbait. Like they will put a headline or they will put one sentence or something along these lines that will spark some degree of interest. And by and large, it is not overwhelmingly positive. But like I said, there, is, there are people like this is how they live their lives. They thrive on drama. They thrive on the chaos. They thrive on all the negativity. They thrive on controversy because, you know, controversy creates cash. Man, it doesn't have to be that way. I've talked about it for years now at this point. And I don't know if it coincides with the fact that we are very early on into a new year and people will, and I've, we've talked about this too, people will use New Year's as that clean slate, fresh start, right? Like, this is where resolutions come into play. This is where goals come into play. Like, we've, we've spent a lot of time talking about it on the program here. But the actions are starting to follow. And you're starting to see this. Now, I don't put a whole hell of a lot of stock in the number of people on a particular quote-unquote friends list on a social media account. 
And I know that's going to sound hypocritical because if you go to my page and you look and see how many friends I have on my friends list, you're looking at over 800 people. Now, I know or I know of probably a good 95% of them in some way or the other. Either they are legitimate friends or they are colleagues that I work with or they are with the PFC Entertainment Network. And some of them are still there from my years in the professional wrestling business, from when I ran the Michigan Wrestling Organization, when I performed in the Michigan Wrestling Organization, whether they were a roster member or they were a fan. So I can go through my friends list and I can... Like I said, I like I know of the majority of them, or and you break that down into a more concentrated demo that these are people that I actually correspond with in some way or another. I see other ones who are collecting Facebook friends as if they're collecting fucking Pokemon cards. And they've got thousands upon thousands upon thousands of people on their friends list. Well, that's great. If that's what you need for validation, if that's what makes you feel good about yourself, that you have X amount of people in the, the end of the thousands, you consider quote unquote friends. If that's your jam, hey, more power to you. If that's what makes you happy, cool. Love that for you. But I am at a stage in my life where even though there's 800 people on my friends list, I bet you maybe 15% of them, maybe, I'll go 20 on the high end of the spectrum, are people that I know, I like, I respect. The other ones are there because something that I do resonates with them. Whether it's the pictures that I post, whether it's sharing the links to the shows or advertising the shows, because this network is growing seemingly week by week. And with that, we are gaining more attention. The other podcast co-hosts are gaining more attention. Now, I'm not somebody that seeks acceptance from everybody else. Like that does not that is not what powers the, the machine. It just isn't. Like I appreciate the fact that they take time out of their lives to spend any amount of time to dial in and focus on what I'm doing. I mean, that's what all this is about, right? In this realm. Because if there's nobody listening, there's no, there's no reason to do this. So I take that into consideration. But I never, I will never, ever count on something like that exclusively to validate my lot in life. 
a lot of you are not there yet for one reason or the other. A lot of people are dealing with voids in their life. There's something internally that they're missing. There's something that isn't firing on all cylinders. They don't feel whole. They don't feel complete. They don't feel happy. But they get some sort of positive feeling whenever they post something and like they they will take, in my opinion, an exorbitant amount of time to see how many likes they get. How many comments are people leaving? How many times is your post shared? That's what they need for validation. And if that's the case, I feel like somewhere fundamentally, whether it's on the surface or within the, the deepest recesses of their mind, bodies, and souls, they're lacking something. And this fills that for them. It may be only for a moment. It may be for as much time as they are spending on social media, they get some degree of happiness out of that. My question is, why are you putting so much stock into the, the values or the opinions or the comments or things of this nature, the correspondence with people that, by and large, if they were to walk up to you on the street, unless it is somebody that has a personal tie to you, you wouldn't have any idea who they were. But they're on your friends list. Because it's not official unless it's Facebook official, right? That's that's the saying. Now, I say all that to say, I look towards, and this is one of the reasons why I do dial into social media the way that I do, because, number one, it is my realm of communication with friends and family that I do not have the opportunity to talk to or to see on a regular basis. I've got family all over the country. I've got friends all over the country, actual friends, people that I actually give a shit about, and I give a shit about their opinion. So th things like Facebook and Twitter and TikTok, like this, this allows me to stay engaged with what they're doing in their lives. Gives me a snapshot of what they're up to. And that's important. Because if they're doing something great, I want to I want to know about that. And I want to be able to have the opportunity to let them know how proud I am of them. But on the flip side of that, if they're doing something stupid, I kind of want to know that too, so that I could be like, hey, what in the fuck are we doing right now? What are we doing? I have talked at nauseam about focus, about mindset, about stripping away all of the negative influences, 
outside influences that have been allowed to dictate your mood or your course of action within your life. I go on social media to look for inspiration. I look and see what my friends are posting, people that I genuinely respect, that I genuinely like. The kind the 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 people the ones that I dial into the most, unless it's something damning that comes across my radar that is is just a blatant call for help or a blatant attempt for clickbaits or, or or things of this nature. I look to my friends, I look to my family, I see what they're posting, I see what they're going through, I get a a better uh, uh, idea or understanding of what's happening in their day because these are people that i like these are people that i love these are people that i respect respect's a big thing with me anybody who knows that anybody anybody that knows anything about me knows i conduct myself with what i call the fundamentals of life when you strip away all the bells and whistles and all the technological advances and all the shit at our disposal, it does come back down to the individual and what makes them tick. I have some pretty amazing people in my life in one regard or another. And it just so happens as I was going through the news feed the other day, I came across one of my friend's posts. And it wasn't a meme because we all know how I feel about memes. Like that's some some of the most downloaded episodes of this show, this show, came because somebody had posted a meme that triggered a thought that created a rabbit hole i came into the studio i recorded my thoughts and it resonated with people this was not that this particular one came across because this was a personal post from somebody that i genuinely like and i genuinely respect my friend Lori and i i've talked about her a couple of times over the years, either on this show or other shows. Um, like, I, I don't think she understands that she has inspired more than one episode or more than one topic of conversation, whether it was recorded or not. Because this is a woman who has her finger on the pulse of what's important in life from my perspective so anytime that she posts something and it comes across my radar like she's one of the ones that i will dial in on to see what is happening and i mean it it does help that i see her pretty much every day a, a few times every day because we work in the same establishment She posted a uh, a picture. It was a picture of herself, but it was the 
the words that corresponded with the picture is what drew me to this. And she wrote this. What lies behind us and what lies before us are tiny matters compared to what lies within us. Now, clearly, if you've listened to this show for any length of time, this is the kind of thing that this particular show was built upon. Because this tells me that this is a woman, a wife, a mother, uh, somebody that goes to work every single day to provide for her family. This is somebody who gets it. This is somebody who understands what I deem the fundamentals of life because, and it corresponds with a lot of the aspects that I cover week in, week out, month by month, year by year. She gets it. Because it does not matter where you've been doesn't matter what you've done, good, bad, or indifferent. You've heard me talk about this. What's done is done. It's in the rear view for a reason. And nothing that we will ever do here and moving forward will change what has already happened. It's done. Now, you can sit there and dwell on it, right? Like, you, you, you can sit here for any amount of time and wish you could take it back. Wish you could unsay what was said or undo what was done. There's a lot of guilt that gets associated with things of that nature. But it doesn't always have, have to be a bad thing either because you could have done something pretty amazing. You could have changed a person's life, and that's a big deal. I know that's a big deal. I have been told this. You have changed my life. This happened after my show on Saturday. A random gentleman who was in the other part of the venue that I performed in heard my speech on Saturday night and made a point to come out after the fact, after after everybody had left, to tell me, and we sat there for a good half hour, 45 minutes, to let me know that what I said resonated with him, and he was taking a lot of what I said and incorporating it into his tomorrow. Because I changed something in him. I don't take that shit lightly. But I also don't rest on those laurels either. Because a lot of us will achieve something pretty amazing, pretty awesome. And they will hang their hat on that and then just rest on that. Nah, I don't do that. I use that like I will acknowledge it. 
but then I will utilize that feeling, that emotion, knowing that something I had said or done was met in a positive or productive manner. I use that to inspire me and to motivate me to take that next step, one step closer to my goal, to my dreams. Now, what lies before us? We write our own story. We have the capability of writing our next chapter. But what do you want that chapter to look like? How do you want your story to unfold? What is next on the horizon for you? Now, that's not to say that there won't be challenges and hiccups and roadblocks along the way. That's life. That happens. But if you sit there and you allow the what could be, good or bad, to determine your course of action, you're really ultimately selling yourself short, especially for somebody that is afraid of change or afraid to succeed. That is a very real thing. It sounds silly, but it really isn't. I know this because I dealt with this. I was afraid to succeed when I was in in the wrestling business because I was afraid the other shoe was going to drop and that that fall. It it wasn't going to be the fall that was going to be catastrophic. It was going to be that at the end of it. The crash. But how you you embark on your future, how you tread towards your tomorrow, it all comes down to what's inside you right here and now. Because nobody knows your passion more than you do. Nobody knows what drives you better than you do. I don't give a fuck if you've been married for 25, 35, 45 years. I don't care how long you've had your friendships. I don't care what the situation is. Nobody will ever know what lies within better than you because you're the one that deals with it. You're the one that thinks about it. You're the one that actually feels it from a part of our soul that not another individual will ever be able to tap into, if we're being honest. So I love the fact that Lori has the mindset that she really focuses on the fundamentals of life. And I don't even know if she understands that as it's worded like that. But I see it. And I knew it's, like, I know it's in her. 
because I, I've had conversations with her. And when you have conversations with people, you really get a feel for what makes them tick. You pick up on their vibe. You pick up on their aura. And I've known a lot of people or during the course of my time here. I've corresponded with a lot of people. And picking up on a person's vibe and, and their aura and what makes them tick is something that I make a concentrated effort to dial into. Because if there's any red flags, if there's anything that is less than ideal, I know how I'm going to conduct myself and how much time and effort I'm going to dedicate to that person. Somebody like Lori, Lori herself, I've got all the time in the world for, man. Because she gets it. She understands what's truly important in this world. And this is the catalyst for the positivity that we are starting to see the shift towards in our society. It starts oftentimes with us. Now, I would be willing to bet, and I'm not going to speak for her, but I'd be willing to to bet that right now, by and large, Lori is in a good place in her life because she maintains a positive frame of mind. Not to say she's not dealing with her own batch of bullshit. Not saying that she doesn't have her own things going on that threaten her inner peace, but she's able to maintain focus on what's truly important, what drives her, and how she relays that to her life and to the people that are most important in her life, her family, her husband, her daughter, her friends. That's what it's all about. Because What's happened in the past and what will happen here tomorrow? Like, none of that will ever be genuine if you don't tap in to who you are, into what you are, into what makes you tick. With that, we are going to run a quick timeout. Stick around. More of the Klaus of the Heart podcast is right after this. Do you have a piece of antique furniture laying around your house that you really want to get restored, but you just don't know where to take it? Something that means something to you, something that actually has some sentimental value. Let me tell you about our friends over at First and Spring Designs located in Hadley, Michigan. Now, what they will do they will take your pieces of furniture, your articles, and they will restore them. They will bring them back to life. They will restore that magic that once was in a way that you may have never even imagined. So we invite you to check out our friends over at First and Spring Designs. You can find them over on Facebook, or you can send them an email at andreagrace2015 at outlook.com. Reach out and see what kind of magic they can do for you. 
And welcome back to the Claws to the Heart podcast, the flagship show of the PFC Entertainment Network. Now, this segment uh, is going to be a little bit different than what um, you... It's going to be a different uh, presentation with this. Uh, If you're listening to the audio feed the traditional realm that this show is presented. Uh, The audio may sound a little bit differently because I'm recording this segment differently than I did the first segment that you just listened to. But if you're watching this on YouTube, you're getting a different perspective of this. Um, I wasn't going to film this for YouTube. I was just going to strictly uh, keep this in audio form and those who listened to the show could listen to the show. And if you wanted to hear what I had to say about it, well, download the goddamn show. Because I wasn't really sure um, how I wanted to tackle this. I wasn't sure if I was going to tackle this. But in thinking about... Once I got to the realization that I was going to address this in a public forum, I realized that uh, this could be something that gets a little lengthy because there's a lot of thoughts, there's a lot of emotion that gets, uh, that comes into play when you're talking about something like this. And as somebody who I trust and somebody that I respect when I was relaying to them kind of what this was going to be all about. He made no bones about the fact like people need to see this and not just hear it. Because apparently there, you know, there's a lot of people that that prefer to watch their podcasts. They like to see the physical presentation of it. They like to see the facial expressions, they like to see the body language, they like to see the emotion that comes into it in physical form, not just verbal. And I get that. I understand that. So that's why if you're listening to the podcast, it may sound different this time because I'm recording audio through the phone app while I'm filming this on the laptop. Now with that, this also gives me extended time because going strictly through the website on the computer, it limits me to 30 minute increments. And if I get really ramped up and really dialed into what I'm fixing to address here, and if I have to cut it off at 30 minutes, or it cuts me off at 30 minutes, it could ruin my momentum. And momentum is a very important thing. I have some amazing people that occupy a space at the PFC Entertainment Network table. The co-hosts, the ones who came here because they wanted their voices heard. They came here because they have things that they want to talk about. They came here because this is their realm of release. 
This is something that they look forward to to um, communicate feelings, thoughts, concerns, celebrations. Like that's what podcasting is all about. And I don't take that lightly. Anything that I have ever done, anything that I have ever tried to create, any stage or platform that I've tried to provide people, I did that with the best of intentions. Not for me, but for you, for them. Most of you know my story. You know that uh, previous to this endeavor, I spent damn near 30 years in the unpredictable, crazy, and cutthroat world of professional wrestling on the independent level. I created, operated, and performed in the Michigan Wrestling Organization. And over the course of that time, I had some of the greatest experiences, moments, and relationships, friendships, partnerships that I will ever know. And it's not because I wrote my own script. It's not because of any other reason than I lived vicariously and I was fueled by the excitement, by the hap- by the happiness that the roster had in preparation for performing a show and for the fans who came to watch it and supported it. Now, as you can imagine, when you get into that realm, when you tap into that world, you're really putting yourself out there for the good and the bad. Because no matter what you do, and even though I tried, and believe me, I tried. Anybody who knows me, anybody that worked for me with any length of time knows that I put a lot of time, effort, and energy into providing an atmosphere, a platform, a world where other men and women had the opportunity to explore their dreams. Because I am all about going after your dreams. That's what this whole brand was built upon. Doesn't matter if it was the MWO or PFC. I am all about people exploring their dreams because we get one shot at life, man. We are here for X amount of time. As soon as you pop out that hourglass gets turned upside down. And those grains of sand, those are the days of your life.
I realized the importance of that at a very early age. When you are dealing in the world of professional wrestling, you come across people from all walks of life. A lot of personalities. A lot of individual stories. A lot of everything. And you got to learn as you go on how to navigate through that or, or to coincide with that because how I dealt with one person wasn't going to work with how I dealt with another because their upbringings were different, their experiences were different, their outlook was different. So every person was individualized. I don't know how many promoters actually adopt that philosophy because I feel like a lot of promoters just look at everybody as the same. You are a wrestler, or you are a referee, or you are a announcer. Like, that's it. That ain't it. Because behind the mask or the makeup, or underneath the cans, or whatever the case may be, there is an individual that lies within. And what makes this person tick does not resonate with that individual. So you've got to take it person by person. Some people stayed with the MWO for a long, long time. Other ones were here for a cup of coffee. They were here for a cup of coffee because the environment or the experience that I was providing them did not correspond with their individual wants, hopes, or dreams. More often than not, and this is no bullshit, it's because they realized they had to work for what they wanted. Again, I was criticized a lot in 28 years because of my approach to the wrestling business. Because I didn't do things the professional way. Or the norm. I got news for you, Jack. It doesn't matter if it's in the wrestling world, if it's in the podcast world, or if it's in my real life. I will never operate under what's deemed the norm. Because that ain't me. I focus on what I call, and I just talked about it in the first segment of this episode... Everybody's individualized. Everybody has their own story. Everybody has their own take on things. Us as humans, we are not created on a manufacturing line. We are not assembled by robots. What makes me tick is different than what makes you tick. How I approach things is probably going to be different than how you approach things. There's nothing wrong with that. That's just the way it goes.
I spent a long time defending people who I deemed family. Because in this aspect, the professional wrestling business that I created was an extension of who and what I was. I gave every wrestler, every referee, every fan, every announcer, every member of the backstage support team, I gave you guys everything I had. I gave you every piece of mind, body, and soul that I had, and then some. Until there was a time where I just had nothing left to give. Now, what's amazing to me is, is that there were some people within the roster of the organization that I spent a tremendous amount of time with, working with, talking with. Not just how they can improve their spot within a wrestling company, but how they could navigate through different things in their lives that they were going through. Some of it was well-received, and it helped form the foundation for a very meaningful friendship outside the the business of professional wrestling. Now, a lot of times that was done with disingenuous purposes because all they were really doing was just trying to butter me up so they had a better spot on the card or that they would be considered for a title run or to be in the main event or, or things of this nature. They didn't give a fuck about me. All they cared about was themselves. Sometimes I learned that way later than I probably should have picked up on because, well, here was the deal. I actually cared about these people. I gave individuals an opportunity that nobody else would take a half a second to provide for them. That's one of the things that set me apart. That's one of the things that set the MWO apart. For the longest time, we were called the land of the misfit toys because I assembled a roster that was made up by men and women that other promoters wouldn't give the time of day to because they didn't see anything in them on the surface. I looked way beyond that, man. I looked into what makes them tick. You see, do, do you see the theme here? I made champions out of people that weren't deemed towel boys elsewhere. I made superstars out of people that were looked upon as nothing more than ring crew elsewhere because I saw something in them that nobody else did. Why? Because I took the time to look beyond what was on the surface and looked within.
A lot of these individuals confided in me some of their deep, some of their deepest and darkest moments and secrets and things of this nature. You want to talk about skeletons in a closet? Some of you motherfuckers have graveyards in there. You forget that. Because if I was a real salty bitch, I could really I know uh, I don't know how far in, how far in the weeds I I want to go with this to be honest with you and it's it, it, it's almost a blessing that that interruption just happened because like I could feel myself going down a pretty dark rabbit hole right there so it's probably a good thing that that happened almost as if a divine intervention took place the thing of it is is being in a position like that, being at the, for the lack of a better term, and forgive me, the head of the table, um, you know, it cut, you're, you're not going to make everybody happy, despite my best efforts, because I tried. I drove myself nuts at times trying to find ways that everybody was going to be happy. But they, it, it's, it's just impossible. But during the course of that time, during the course of almost three decades, you start to add and subtract different people from your roster until ultimately you have a core group of guys and gals that seemingly were there because they wanted to be there and because they believed in the company. They believed in me. I didn't create the MWO because I had a lack of friends in my life. I created the MWO to give people an opportunity. To give people a chance to live a dream. Just like I had previously mentioned, people that ordinarily wouldn't have had an opportunity, they were dismissed. Whether I genuinely liked a person or not, did not deter me from being able to do business with them because there was at least some degree of respect there. Now, over the course of those years, I have dealt with a considerable amount of criticism. I've dealt with a lot of backstabbing, shit-talking, 
because things didn't go their way or that I didn't book them the way that they wanted or whatever the case may be. And look, make no mistake about it, there were times where drama ran wild in our locker room. But when it started to become a problem, we had to start making changes. And when they were on the receiving end of those changes, in this case, ex, you know, being removed from the roster, well, that made me public enemy number one. And then they would go to a different promoter or go to a different company and just talk mad shit about the company, about me. Like, I dealt with that because that comes with the territory. Some of it got to me, sure, but I would, I would no-sell it. I would never let them know, even though internally it broke my fucking heart. Because a lot of times these were people that I believed in. These were people that I went to great lengths for to provide them that opportunity. I didn't ask for anything in return other than a strong work ethic and to be able to come in here and actually be a part of the team. Because as individualized as professional wrestling is, in terms of your individual performance, you're still part of a bigger umbrella that is occupied by a lot of different people in a lot of different roles. Closing the Michigan Wrestling Organization was one of the hardest choices I ever made, that I will ever make. Because you don't spend over half your life doing something and building something and just one day wake up and be like, nah, I don't want to do this anymore. At least not with me. Because anybody that ever worked for me, anybody that ever came to watch me perform in the ring, you knew I gave you everything I had. And I didn't ask for anything in return other than some degree of respect. I didn't think I was asking for too much. But what happened was, and you know, I've talked about this before, I... I was met with a lot of backlash in March of 2022 when I went on Facebook Live and I made the most difficult announcement in this realm of my life that I had ever made. People felt like I abandoned them. People felt like I let them down. People felt like I was dishonoring my late brother's legacy by pulling the plug on the company. Couldn't be further from the truth. 
when in actuality, I pulled the plug on the company to protect his legacy and the legacy of every other man and woman that occupied that roster at the time because they weren't getting my best. Our fans were not getting my best because I had checked out. My heart wasn't in it, wasn't in it anymore. I would have done a disservice to the roster. I would have done a disservice to the fan base. And I would have done a disservice to the legacy and the history of the Michigan Wrestling Organization. And I wasn't going to tarnish the legacy and the history of something that I had put literally everything I had into. Nobody understands that because they've never been in that position. These guys and gals that were among my most vocal and vile critics at the end of the day, and if we're going to call a spade a spade, lack the fundamental mental capacity to be able to do what I did for as long as I did it. They just don't have it in them. They think it's the easiest thing in the world to buy a couple of rings and a steel cage and book a venue and assemble a roster and write a show. I didn't just write a show. We were episodic, man. And the last thing that I ever wanted was to allow the politics and the drama and all the other bullshit that riddles every other wrestling promotion to come into this company. That's why people came here. We became a destination because people were having fun. They were having fun with an opportunity to explore their dreams. And I lived vicariously through them because of that. I would get so excited to see their excitement. Listening to them talk out what they wanted to to do on a particular night. Get excited when I would sit down with them and map out the next six to eight weeks of what they could expect. This is where we're doing. This is what we're doing with your character. This is where it leads to. And, and, and to have that correspondence and to allow them to tap into their creativity. To be even more invested in what they're doing into their character. Man, I thrived on that. But it was... A double-edged sword. Because then you would get other ones that had a very much higher regard for their spot and their skill set than what reality was showing me. And people had a hard time with that. And it was real easy. As soon as they walked out the venue and they're on their way home, They start talking amongst themselves about what a piece of shit I am because they didn't get the title that night. Or they weren't happy because they had to lose a match. They weren't figured into the main event of WrestleRama. 
after a while it gets exhausting. I gave a lot of people a lot of things. And uh, at the top of that list was me. I gave them me. I'm very big on the word family. I talked about this on last week's show. The word family is not one of those words I just throw out there because it sounds cool. If I throw out the word family because that's what I feel about it. I threw out the word family because that's how I looked at these people. Now I realize, and this is where it's going to go into the weeds a little bit. I realize that there is a contingent of my roster, MWL roster, that the reason why things have materialized the way that they have is because they have taken exception to how I have conducted myself in my personal life. Prior, or just at the end of the organization. Choices that I made that dealt with my personal life. Now, a lot of of them, And this is the hypocritical part of it. A lot of them knew for a long time that I was not a happy individual. And they knew why. They saw it with their own eyes. They heard it with their own ears. And they would pull me aside and have private conversations with me, be like, bro, you need to make a change before you drive yourself into the ground. And we're behind you. Whatever you need to do, we've got your back. Eighty, ninety percent of those people subsequently have demonstrated by their words and their actions that they're full of shit. Because they were the first ones to run away. And not just run away, but start running their fucking mouths about things that they really didn't even know. They were getting snippets of information. Then they would throw their own narrative in it as they were spreading the bullshit. I know this because I've seen it in screenshots. I've heard it in recorded messages. You're not fooling anybody. And I see you. And because I see you for who and what you are, that's the reason why a lot of them woke up one day and they were cut out of my life on social media and real life. And they sit there and wonder why. 
Then they get pissed because somewhere they realize they got caught running their fucking mouth. What I do with my personal life, you may have an opinion of it. And that's fine. If you don't want to have anything to to do with me, that's perfectly fine. Go ahead and move on in the next chapter of your life. And I truly, at that time, wished you the absolute best in your future endeavors. Just keep my fucking name out out of your mouth. But you can't. You can't because there's something fundamentally missing in your life And the common thread, the common piece of it that makes you feel important among another clique of people is talking shit about things you have no fucking idea about. Again, you've got snippets of it or you've got one side of the story because not a one of you motherfuckers ever reached out to get my side of the story. Not a one other than the ones who have legitimately and without fail stood by my side. The professional wrestling business is among the most toxic environments you will ever be a part of because there is so much deceit, there is so much bullshit, There is so much backstabbing and politics. And the ones who have the biggest smiles are the ones who are wielding the biggest knives within a moment's notice will plunge that motherfucker right into your spine. I am not wrong. And you don't want to hear it because you know I'm fucking right. And nobody, you're not used to being called out. And I'm not going to call out people by name. I don't have to. You know who you are. Because your actions have proven that. Your actions are the ones who have outed you. I don't need to. And here now, right this second, there are people who are listening or watching this. And man, the ball in their stomach just sank because they know that I know. I just, I'm an adult enough about it to where I don't have to put you personally on public blast. I don't have to do that because my words that I'm saying now are doing all the damage. I'm as cerebral as it comes, man. I really am. It doesn't get talked about. It doesn't get acknowledged. But I am. And now you know that. I gave a lot of people a lot of opportunities. Some of them I gave multiple chances to. Some that probably didn't even even deserve it. But I gave them a chance because I knew what was important to them. And I wanted them to have that opportunity. Quit being a fuckhole. And get on one page. Do the right thing for the right reasons and you will achieve better better levels of success. 
goes with the saying, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make him drink. I can give you every opportunity under the sun. What you do with it is up to you. When you piss it away, that's on you. That ain't on me. If I, and it, and it became a long-running thing. If you were let go from the MWO, it's because you fucked up, not me. It's because I have exhausted all the resources that I had allotted to you or your particular situation. I didn't do that. I responded to it. Big damn difference. What cracks me up now is that every so often I'll get these random messages about family. You're my family, you're my brother, you're my this, you're my that. Your actions don't follow suit. So your words have become disingenuous. And when I can't believe you on your word and your actions are portraying a contrast to what you are saying, I no longer have time for you. I'm sorry, that's just the way. Actually, I'm not sorry. I ain't apologizing for it because I didn't write the script. I'm going on what's being fed to me. So if you want to be pissed at anybody, be pissed at yourselves. Because there was a time, a time came, that point of no return. Because I've got other people, I've got other things that actually do care about me, do care about my well-being, do care about what I'm trying to do here for the right reasons, those are the individuals that deserve my time, effort, and attention. Not ones where I have to sit here and question where your loyalty is. Question what your intentions are. Because if I have to sit there and waste that kind of time wondering what your intentions are, you've pretty much already given me the answer that I knew was coming anyway. I just needed verification. Your actions gave me the verification. Again, don't be pissed at me. Be pissed at you. I could go right on down the line, man. And I could give you names of every individual that, number one, has got a graveyard's worth of skeletons in their closet. Or I could give you names of people that had no shit in business lacing up a pair of boots to step into the ring because they didn't have it. But I gave them an opportunity. Some of, it took, some of them took it and ran with it. Other ones didn't. But once you start weeding out the issues... Well, what you find is what I thought was a very much a family atmosphere in terms of a wrestling roster, a roster that other wrestlers, other workers came here and they clamored for in other places because, my God, we were having fun. But what I have found and what has been put on display by other people within the business or were in the business, is once you no longer serve a purpose, once you no longer provide some some degree of service or an opportunity for, for these people, they have no time for, for you. Doesn't even matter. And I get it. You want to 
keep exploring your options. You want to keep moving towards your goals and your dreams. And hey, I'm all about that. But Jesus Christ, you can't sit there and burn the bridge that got you over the hump. Because when that happens, you're demonstrating another layer of your personality that is, by and large, less than favorable. Some of you have a very different opinion or definition of the word family than I do. Clearly. And that's okay. You know why it's okay? Because I don't have to deal with it. I don't have to sit there and waste my time worrying about what your intentions are. Not anymore. It ain't, it ain't my problem and it ain't my business. Until you come to my front door with it. Then it's your problem, not mine. So people have a real problem with the fact that I am, I have absolutely zero problem with cutting motherfuckers out, out of my life. I don't care how long I've known you. I don't care what role you presented in my life. I just do not give a single solitary fuck about anything. I don't. And people are having a real hard time with that. Because for the longest time, I conducted myself in the polar opposite. And that's what they got used to. Loss on significant levels. Disappointment. Betrayal. Even before I made drastic changes to my personal life, which again, let's reiterate, is my business, not yours. But loss and change on significant levels will change an individual. Fundamentally, from the inside out. And here's the thing, man. At this stage in my life, what I'm doing now, doing things like this, this was my calling. This is what I was meant for. And I recognize that. And I don't take it lightly. The fact of the matter is, is that those individuals who have been cut out of my life or excommunicated or that I have walked away from, it's because you have demonstrated you do not deserve a spot at my table. But the ones that are there, they are the epitome of what I deem to be the important aspects of the word family. They bring that to the table. Those are the ones I have time for. Here's the thing, man. You guys sit there and you preach family. You preach um, a number of different things that 
you know when you're saying it, you don't mean it. You think you fooled everybody. You think you continue to fool people. But the ones who actually take a moment and take a step back and look at reality, not fantasy, they got you pegged. I got you pegged. And that's why I don't give a fuck. Now, the contrast will be in some smart ass is going to say, well, you wouldn't be doing this if you didn't give a fuck. No, I'm doing this to put a bow on this part of it. Because members of my actual family, the Levi Blues, the Amy Sheridans of the world, the ones who have gone on public record, even though they knew they, they would be chastised or condemned or criticized for sticking up for me because apparently I'm the black sheep of the whole fucking world. They got tired of seeing how I was being treated and went to a public forum and expressed that. And then you get some of these sons of bitches that, that come in here, they, they will respond or they will go on another realm of communication and be like, wow, I don't talk to Jason because he did this. I don't talk to Jason because he did that. Jason walked away from me. Jason shut me out of my life. Their next question is, what did you do for him to reach that point? Was he having a bad day? And that's what you're going on because he had one bad day. Hey, anybody that knows my story knows I've had a bad f fucking batch of years at this point. But you know what keeps me going? Because it would be real easy for, for me to dive into all the unnecessary drama and bullshit to keep that fire going, but it ain't worth it. Because at the end of the day, people like that, they don't write my story. They're not even a sub-character in the motherfucker at this point. Because I have deemed you to be unworthy because of your actions, because of your words. And these are people that I want no part of. Some of you got yourself so hip deep involved in my personal bullshit for no reason whatsoever. That's why you have no part of my life. I can't trust you. So don't sit there and go on social media and play the role of victim. Oh, Jason was mean to me. Fuck you. It is a result of your actions. It is a result of your words. And you're being held accountable. I know you may not be used to that. But that's, that's the reality of it. And I'm not going to put stock in people that I don't respect. Because when you have demonstrated yourself in this manner, I no longer respect you. And if I have no degree of respect for you, you have no bearing, no place at my table. You are an afterthought in the story. And it's unfortunate for you. Because me, I'm continuing to move forward. You have chosen not to join me on this journey because of your actions and subsequently my response to it. 
You got no one to blame but yourself. Because I'm done. I've got more than enough things going for me that bring me legitimate happiness. My God, everything became very crystal clear this past Saturday night. I didn't have a huge crowd for my stage show at Backroads Bar and Grill in Holly. I didn't. It is what it is. But the ones that were there, nobody left until I was done. Nobody left in the middle of it. And in fact, I had two very important and impromptu conversations after the fact that of gentlemen, guys, burly men, who came to me and said, thank you. My God, you changed my life. You changed my perspective. You changed my, my course of action with your words. I needed to hear that. But before those conversations you know, took place, I took a moment, actually a couple of them, when nobody else realized what I, where I was at or what I was doing, <clears throat> pardon me, where I stepped off to the side and just observed and listened. See, I brought all my PFC family into one spot for the first time ever. Well, the ones that could make it. Some of them couldn't make it. One, Nikki lives in fucking Ohio. Quadell has a small tribe for a family that, that, that he needs to be there for. And I totally get that. Dude's got a, got a baseball team at home. You know what I'm saying? So I, I, I mean, I get it. But for the majority of them, a lot of them met each other face to face for the first time because we were all converged in one spot at one time for the first time since launching this endeavor. And I had the kind of feelings that I used to have when I would have the Christmas parties the day of Christmas Clash when I was running the MWO. Like, WrestleRama was a big deal, but Christmas Clash and, and the day of and the Christmas party, like, man, that's, that's what was really important because we were able to enjoy each other's company, and I absolutely loved that feeling of camaraderie. And that was very much on display on Saturday night. There was so much laughter. There was so much, there was such a light atmosphere that um, it put life in perspective. And more importantly than that, it re-solidified my stance, my values, my opinions of what the word family is supposed to mean. And that was on full display. Sean and Amy have been, without fail and without question, in terms of this realm, 
my greatest cheerleaders, my advocates. They inspire me to do the best that I possibly can for them, for for Kristen, for Joanna, for Pope, for everybody who has a place in the PFC Entertainment Network. That's family. You know why that's family? Because not a one of those people, the podcasters or their significant others, not one person made me question what their intentions were. They were there because they wanted to be there. They were there because this means something to them for the right reasons, for legitimate reasons. And when there are instances like that on full display to where I will take a step or two back and just observe and just listen. It provided internal feelings that I haven't felt in a long, long time. You know what that is? Happiness. Legitimate, wholehearted happiness. Something that I have been lacking for a long time. There are moments, there are snapshots, but on that night, on that day, between providing them a New Year's party, followed by what I deemed a successful stage show, despite the fact the microphone went out, but didn't need it, my voice carries, we worked with it. All of that led me to know that I am finally, at 47 years old, finally on the path that everything that I have done before this, good and bad, has prepared me for. And this road is going to take me to my promised land, to where I'm supposed to be to where it's going to give me the greatest deal of happiness and fulfillment and purpose in this realm. So those of you that have taken the stance against what I'm doing or against me personally, I no longer wish you the best in your future endeavors. No, I don't. You don't deserve my best because of your actions, because of your words, because of your disingenuous nature. I don't wish you the best. I wish you the life that you deserve. It's not for me to to decide what that looks like. Karma is going to make that decision for me. The universe 
is going to make that decision for me. I'll be over here in the front row with with a bag of popcorn and a smirk on my face because it always comes back around. It will always come back around. And when that's happening, I will continue to move forward. I will continue to take one step closer to my goals. And with me, not behind me, not underneath me, but side by side with me will be my family. The ones that deserve a spot at the family table. With that, we're going to put a bow on this. I certainly appreciate everybody tuning in. Questions, comments, feedback, you can hit me up over on the Klaus of the Heart Facebook page. Klaus of the Heart at gmail.com is the email address. Um... Check out the online store, cafepress.com forward slash PFC Network. This Friday, we're going to be back on ONTV for a very special edition of the Klaus and Q Show, where Sean Grugel and Brian Balf are going to join Quadell Edwards and myself to break down and preview the Royal Rumble pay-per-view that happens the following night. And... Um, Check out all of our great shows that we have here on the PFC Entertainment Network. We have just about something for everybody. So with that, go out, be awesome to yourselves and to each other, and we'll see you right back here next week with a brand new episode of the Klaus to the Heart podcast, the flagship show of the PFC Entertainment Network.